morning, good morning, good morning, everybody, Lottie, Dottie, ladies and gentlemen, prayer words, ancestors, uh, gatekeepers, those who watch and pray and wait on the Lord, amen, that they may renew their strength. Those who are mounting up with wings as eagles running and not being weary, walking and not fainting this morning, putting on the whole arm of God as we prepare for our day this morning, the Lord Jesus Christ, that we may be able to stand against the wild of the adversary because they are many this morning attacks coming from the north, south, east, and west. But we thank God that we have the victory, and we declare victory this morning in the north, south, the east, and the west regions of our country, of our nation, of our world. Amen. Because this world belongs to God, our Father, this morning. And He knows, He sees everything that's going on, how it's being uh, cared for, who's being responsible for what. So we thank God this morning for His will not man will being done on this earth as it is heaven being done in our lives here on earth as it is in heaven so we praise him for that this morning father we just welcome your spirit your presence this morning as we open up your word this morning to learn more about these revelations of our lord and savior jesus christ amen welcome 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 everyone this morning this is pastor blessing sharon hayes here this morning I want to greet all of you in the awesome incredible amazing name of our awesome lord and savior jesus christ we just thank god this morning because we have so much to be thankful for this morning so we praise him this morning for life we praise him for health we praise him for strength this morning we praise him for all his many many blessings that he has bestowed upon us this morning we just count them one by one and we just cannot count all of them so we just thank him this morning for all that he's done that he's doing and all that he promised that he will do we want to get into the teaching this morning amen creating a prayer culture for god this morning prayer line uh we want to pick up our study this morning uh in the book of first john chapter first uh, john chapter four verses eight and nine and now we left off on verse nine and we're under this cloud of this test talking about uh, loving one another, learning more about what is required from the scripture perspective of how to love one another. And we know that loving one another comes after we love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, body, and strength. And verse 8 says, How uh, he that loveth not know not God, knoweth not God, but God is love. How can we, you know, if we say we love God and then can't love one another, then that we are lying, the truth ain't in us. Verse 9 says, and then this was manifested by God, that we love God, and this was manifested, love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. And so this is how we, uh, what proves that we see God's love. Uh, God's love is seen in one supreme act, and we know that was God sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, into this world to die for us. That was that act of love, that supreme act, rises above everything else, you know, and, and it, it was a sacrifice, amen. You know, and Jesus sacrificed his life for our life, amen, that we might be reconciled back unto the Father. Now, that's an act of love. That's a supreme act that one would lay down his life for a friend, even when we were yet sinners, separated from God because of Adam, one man out of sin, and then one man, Jesus reversed that amen because he came and paid the price for sinners which was death and became that for us and died for us on that cross that we might be reconciled back to the father and so that proved right there amen that we see god's love and we see what jesus did on that cross and believe that it was for us and then he says for god so loved the world that 
whosoever believeth on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So we told uh, ourselves through the word that that was spiritual love. That was the spiritual love of God. You know, we see it right there in the book of John, chapter 3, verse 16 of King James Bible. Then we talked about that should lead us to the love that we have for God because he did that supreme act by sacrificing his son. And so you have the love of God, but then you have the love for God, you know. And so uh, we learned that in the book of Matthew, chapter 22, verse 37 of the King James Bible. And then we went on to talk about nothing can separate us from that love. Amen. And so we thank God, uh, you know, for his word over in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 20 of the King James Bible. We learned that. And on down in the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 4 of the King James Bible, just the narrative continued to unfold about that love. And uh, then we start talking about spiritual love that we learn in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses in the King James Bible, where it says, Now by the faith, hope, and love, the charity, these three, you know, charity, talking about love, that giving, that sacrifice that we make. Jesus gave up his life. That was a sacrifice. That's the ultimate sacrifice. And we have to sacrifice by dying daily to prove and demonstrate that love that we love God. Uh, these things, and he said, these three, but the greatest of these is love. And so, what is our act of sacrifice? What is our sacrifice? Uh, these mediocre little things that we do that we, we we call them great sacrifices, but no one uh, can do a supreme act like he did. But there are things that we can do, and the scripture helps us to figure out what those things are. And then the chapter 5 verse 16 King James Bible I would tell you one of the things that that is required or commanded that we do is that we keep God's commandments and we obey them you know he said for in Jesus Christ neither circumcision evade of anything nor uncircumcision but faith which worketh by love that's the key right there you know we have to have faith in God confidence in God be assured of God depend on God rely on God hope in God. Why? Because we don't know his thoughts toward us, but he says, I know my thoughts towards you. My thoughts towards you is based on love. It's based on love of my son. It's based on love of what he did to reconcile you back to me. That's why that love is still today covering the multitude of our faults because it's not based on us. It's based on where the recipient that much is so, but it's based on the finished work of the second man, Adam, Jesus Christ, our high priest and assessor. What he did, he didn't say, Father, I don't want this cup. He said, Father, if it's your will to take this cup, take it. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And he didn't give up the cup. He drank it, you know, purchasing a reconciliation to put us back in right standing with the Father. So those channels of love can continue to flow to us. That was that supreme act. It was supreme because it goes from the beginning to the end. It's still giving today. It's still sacrificing today because God has not come back yet. That means he's not judging yet, but he's still being long-suffering. See, that's love. Love will work to the very end to give us the chance, you know, because that's that hope that the Father has, that the love of his son and what he did on the cross was enough to purchase man back. This is why he can make the statement well ahead of time back there that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. See, God already saw the end of the thing at the beginning. So he knows in the end that every knee is going to bow. The sad thing is some people will not have given their life to him. But they're going to see him, you know, you don't have to because we're going to stand before him. 
And then it's too late. And he's going to say, hey, you rejected me before men. Now I'm going to deny you before my father. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. And so he's already spoken that as a warning to us, you know, get get this love now. Embrace this love now. Receive my love now. Accept my love now. Believe on the finished work. That was for you. That was for your salvation. That was for the forgiveness of your sin. My son died to save the lost. You know, and so he tells us right there, for in Jesus Christ, there is neither circumcision available of anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith, which worketh by love. You see, circumcision, uncircumcision, that was under the law. But see, Jesus fulfilled all that. He took away the, he took away the victory out of all of that. He took care of that. And he's saying, but love that worketh by faith. That's what, that's the key now. Put faith in the one who loved you so much that he gave his only begotten son. And that's in the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 6 of the King James Bible. That, that supreme act of the greatest love is still given today. It's still sacrificing today. It's still covering a multitude of our faults today because love is forever. And in the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 22 of the King James Bible, it even breaks it down a little bit more. Some of the indicators of that love uh, that should be in us by the Spirit of God. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, number one, joy, peace, long-serving, gentleness, goodness, faith, says it right there. We aim and strive to please God in these things, what we just talked about, things of the spirit, not of the flesh. Then we become accepted of God and approved of men. That's just the only way. There's no way around that, you know. Uh, and for some of us, it's a sacrifice it's to have love and to have joy and to have peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith because these are things that sometimes we struggle to see. This is why we have to look to God, who was a great example of this, through giving his son Jesus. If we try to look within ourselves or look within other people, it's not there. Unless God put it there, and he can only, it can only be there through the Spirit of God. If it says it right there, though, the fruit of the Spirit. So we have to receive God, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, that, that helper, that comforter, the Spirit of truth, to be with us, that comes alongside to help us to be able to do these things. And... He's the one that activates these fruit in us, you know, the fruit of the Spirit in us, the love in us, the joy in us. Remember, we said in the book of Romans, chapter 5, verse 5 of the King James Bible, it says, love is shed abroad in our hearts by who? The Holy Ghost. So, you know, we, we, we have, I'll say we're without excuse, you know. And so we go on to see there in the book of Ephesians, chapter 3, verse 17, 18, King James Bible says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Remember that love worketh by faith that ye being rooted and grounded where in love, not your own understanding, not all your experiences and testimonies and good works and all the good things that we've done and all of that. You know, we, we have to look at this and say, Hey, it's being rooted and grounded in love by faith in our heart. Okay. May be able that we may be able to comprehend with all saints, what is the breath, and the length, and the depth, and the height of what? Of God's love. You know, it covers us above, beneath, all around, inside and out. See, love does a complete work. You know, love covers a multitude of everything that we do wrong or, or that we do right. Remember, there's no circumcision or uncircumcision. God has no respect to person. What he did for one, he did for all. You know, he died for the whole world. So he covers us. Covers us, you know. It says the breadth, you know, the, 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 the length, the depth, the height, any kind of way you want to slice. Love got it. Love is covered up. 
you know, love is good to go. You know, it's that supreme act of the Father that covers every aspect of our life that we read right there in that scripture. And he says, be rooted and grounded in this. You know, don't just, don't just, you know, have a, a, a like lust of love affair with God and with his people. Go all in. You cannot go wrong or we cannot go wrong with love. You know, we cannot go wrong with love. You know, none of us, nobody that come to the Lord and accept his love will ever go wrong with love. You know, love is love is 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 is, is, is as close and as purest act of of, of 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 loyalty to God that you can ever possibly imagine. You know, you know, we that's the one thing that God wants from us is for us to love him. Everything he did was so that his people called by his name, us, the we, you know, will love him and appreciate him and always remind him that we are grateful for his love toward us, you know. And I say us because it's all of us. All of us are partakers of that love, even the just and the unjust, even the saved and the unsaved, the circumcised and the unsaved. the Lord everyone. Thank you and welcome. Welcome to Creating a Prayer Culture for God Prayer Line Live Christian Podcast. We would like to send a special thank you to Anchor Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcast, CastBox, Stitcher, Podbean, Audible, Player.fm Podcast, YouTube, and Google Podcasts. These are platforms in which you can join in and listen to the message as it goes forth. We just want to thank God for allowing us to be able to share his good news. Uh, So please join us. And now let us get back to the message. God bless.
Protestants, some, some Jews, some Gentiles, but we're all still one body. All of us was made by God. All life came from God. Everything living came from God. <laughs> Everything on the earth belongs to God. But regardless of what religion you follow, practice you follow, believe, we're all one body, many members. But there's only one body, one faith, one God, you know, one spirit, one baptism, you know. And he's saying that, look, what the love of God allow us to do is to supply what I'm supposed to supply to the body. If we accept God's love, then I'm putting myself in a position that I can supply something to the body that the body may edify itself in love. So if I accept the love of God, then I'm required to do whatever I can do. It might not be the same as what the next person do. But see, God does not measure what you did and what I did as long as you're doing, you know, whatever you're doing, acts of love, labors of love, kindness, you know, acts of kindness, you know, showing, showing myself friendly. You know, someone else might sell everything they got and give it to the poor. Someone else might not be able to do that. They might be able to, you know, just give a portion. But whatever it is, if it's motivated by the love of the Father, because we're looking at his supreme act, and we're saying, Father, I'm going to do my very best. I'm going to do what I can do. He said, well, whatever your hand find to do, do it all to the glory of God. It all adds to the body of Christ edifying itself in love. But the key is, I got to love God in order to become a part of the household of faith. You know, I got to accept that love first. I got to believe on the, the love of God through Jesus Christ, his son, and accept his finished work and receive salvation. Now, my good works count for something. Because I'm, I'm, I'm giving back to the body to the best of my ability that the body of Christ now may be put in a better position to edify itself in love, build itself up in love, strengthen itself in love. Is what God, that's his design. That's his desire. That he wants every member of that body, which is many. Some are still afar off. Some have already given their life to the Lord. Some are on their way. Some backslid. Some prodigal sons, they went out in the world, you know. Some are still lost, you know, and nighttime is coming and they're still not saved. But nevertheless, the standard is the same. God wants every member of the body to give something back to the body out of love for God, who's the head of the body, so that the body may edify itself in love, not all this other stuff, but in love. That's the one thing that the Lord sees lacking in the body. There's not enough love in the body. Now, there's enough love to go around, but God wanted to be in the body. You know, but he wants everybody who's not in the body to become a part of the body of Christ by your own free will, your own uh, relinquishing of your will for his will. Because that supreme act of love has, has demonstrated how it's supposed to be done by the spirit. And if, I, and if I don't have God's spirit, I can't claim these things. I can't love like that because it's not in my heart. He, he, he's not there. There's no love being produced in me. So I can't make a sacrifice. I can't give to the body so that the body can edify itself. So what is what 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 is what is what is the outcome then? I'm gonna be divided against the body. And that's dangerous. You know, that's dangerous. I'm gonna be separated, you know, by my own free will. Not knowing that nothing can separate me from the love of God. In other words, God is gonna still be loving all the way to the end before he judges you, but not accepting on his love. Not accepting his invitation to be a member of the body of Christ. 
you know, he's still by loving kindness drawing us, but we're unwilling to come. Some of us are unwilling to come because we know we got our own definition of love. We got our own understanding of how we think it should be. And we disagree with the, this body over here. We disagree with how they do services. We disagree with how they sing. We disagree with how they preach. We disagree with how they look. You know, I, I, I know this from experience. There's a, I have a lot of disagreement with some of the stuff that I see so-called men and women of God in the body of Christ too. But see, I'm not the judge. So I, I got to put myself in check and let God be the judge. And then I just pray for those people. It's not easy. Now. Some of us may say, well, I got it. I, I, I know I'm, I'm doing X, Y, and Z. Now, I'm asking God to help me every day, not to hate the, the sinner, but hate the sin and love the sinner. Pray for the sinner because I, too, am a sinner saved by grace. And so it's, 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 it's so uh, clear there what he's saying, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies according to the effectual working and the measure of every part. Mm. There's something that has been measured in every part. Mm. My measurement is different because I'm a pastor. Your measurement may be different because, see, see, one of the things about God I know because he loves us, he meets us where we're at. And if you're not able to do something, God is not going to put more on you than he knows you're able to do. And and the problem is a lot of times we're comparing ourselves to what somebody else is doing. We're measuring us against somebody else, what they're doing, what they're not doing. And that's a huge mistake. God is, is willing to meet people where they're at, each individual. He knows each individual level of need. He knows each individual level of struggle. And God is yet willing. He's tailored, you know, a plan for you, even though it's universal. He still have respect that you're an individual. He don't compromise. He just never will put any more on any individual that he knows you're able to bear. And with every time you attempted not to bear something or not to give something back to the body or, or do some, some, something that proves that you love God or you're born of God, he makes a way for you to escape out of it so you can bear it. See, that's the love of God. That's the love of God because he wants you to keep giving to the body that it may edify itself in love. And that giving to the body might not be money. It just might be your time. It just might be some talent that you have. Whatever your hands find to do. Do it all to the glory of God, not to be seen, not for the pleasure of men, but as unto the Father, because, Lord, this is all I have to give. I give myself away to you, you know? And some folks are trying to give out of their hand when they haven't given out of their heart. Give your life to the Lord. Give your heart to Jesus. That, to me, that's the greatest thing that we can give to the Father is give our life to him for the service of God and his given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling favor. Just talk about that. Just give yourself to the Lord. If you don't have anything out of your substance and you know, you feel like you don't have time, but just say, Lord, I give myself to you. Use me however you want to use me. Look at what he just said right there. And walk in love as Christ also have loved us. Listen to this now. And has given himself you know, has given himself. And we just follow that example right there. Give ourselves 
for as an offering. See, so we give our stuff as an offering. Lord, I give myself to you. I give my life to you, my energy to you, my strength to you, my talent. I give myself away to you, Lord. It's just what Jesus did. Father, his example. For an offering and a sacrifice. There it is right there. Now present your body to God as a living sacrifice. So, Lord, we, we submit our bodies to you as a living sacrifice. Acceptable unto God without spot or without wrinkle. Sanctified unto the Lord. You know, as a, he calls it, a sweet smelling savor. You know, we can bring all this other stuff, you know, and all that. But what about giving myself to the Lord? What about giving ourselves to the Lord? Our whole heart, mind, soul, body, and strength. We don't have anything else to bring him. Lord, I just give myself away to you, Lord. You know, that's what he said. That's what Jesus did. And let God decide how he's going to use us when we do that to edify the body of Christ in love. I believe if we do that, someone else will pick up on that act. And follow us if we follow Christ. That's what Paul said. Paul demonstrated his regret for how he had persecuted the saints. He gave his life to the Lord from that day forward. He carried that message all the way to Rome. And he lost his life, was in prison. Cast that on, on islands, man, on the ship that broke out. He went through, man. But he did it all, man, because he gave himself away to the Lord from that point on. Uh, in the book of Colossians, in the chapter 1, verse 8 of the King James Bible, says, Who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. Mm. Who also, now you talk about Paul here, who Paul, after he made a sacrifice, Paul went on to declare his love, you know, unto God by the Spirit as an example to others. Primarily, an example to the Lord. You know, once you give your life away to God, you know, then how do I know, how do I prove that, I, that I'm born of God and that I know God? It's based on what happens after you give your life away to him. We say, Lord, order my steps in your word. That's got to be more than just a song. It was really a nice song. I love those lyrics. But what about the corresponding action that support those lyrics? If we say that, Lord, order my steps, order my thoughts, order my life, order my ways, order everything I do in your word, Lord. Hide me, Lord. You know. Yes. You know, so that self don't get in the way and block what you're trying to do. You know, I've given my life to you, Lord. Use me, Lord. Let my thoughts come in agreement with your will. You know, let it not be my thoughts, but your thoughts, God, that I think of how to please you. Because you said you know your thoughts toward us. Lord, I want to know. I want you to know my thoughts toward you. Toward my my, my, my fellow man, my brothers, my sisters, you know, and, 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 and so on and so on in the body of Christ. That we may do our part to provide to the body, that the body may edify itself. In love, I complaining about what daddy didn't do. I did more than they did, or they did. You know, too much of that goes on. Everybody counting and measuring what they did and what somebody else didn't do. Why are you looking at that anyway? But Paul said, "Who also declared unto us your love in the spirit?" And that's a big S on spirit. That's what he's talking about. That love that's been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Remember that we talked about in the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 20 through the King James Bible. What are the fruit of the Spirit? Are they manifest? Are we declaring it by, by those fruit that's manifest, that fruit that's manifest? 
then guess what? I ain't got to say a word. If those are the acts, if those are the manifestations, then you do you think somebody without love is not going to pick up on that? That's what the Lord wants us to do when we look at Jesus, look at God through Jesus. Look at the act that he did. Look at the sacrifice he made. Look at how he gave himself to the Father as a sacrifice for us. It goes on to say here in the book of Elijah, chapter 3, verse 14, the King James Bible, it says, And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. That's a level of maturity right there that's very obvious to anybody you come in contact with. I've actually had people, not everybody I've come in contact with, we, I've left some people to wonder, who are you? You know, but I've had other people say, you know, that you must be a Christian. And I'm pretty sure some of you have had that same experience. It is a, and I'm not saying this to both of the two, my horn. I don't tell people how to respond to me. I tell me how to respond to people. I hope y'all hear what I just said. I don't tell people how to respond to me. I tell me how to respond to people. And the Lord tells us how to respond to people as we respond to him. This proves that we know God. And we're doing that like anything else to prove that we are born of God and that we know God, then love should be the motivation. Because remember what the scriptures say, now how can I say I love God who I've never seen and hate my brother who I see every day? So when I meet my brother, do I act in hate or disgust or, you know, do I? Or do I treat them the way I want them to treat me? Do I become what I want them to become? That's the best way sometimes to win a person is you become what you want them to become. Let them see what it looks like. Model that, you know. Jesus did. Jesus went about in all them synagogue modeling what he wanted the disciples to do. He didn't just tell them, I command you to do this. No, he set the example and told them to pick up the cross and follow. And they did. The first 12 originals, they did. They followed him. By the time, you know, he finished and he got there to the feast and it was time to be offered, a lot of them had dropped off. Went back to what they were doing. One betrayed him. We know the story. But he didn't just come there and tell them. He, he gave an invitation. He warned them what would happen if they did or if they didn't. He also told them what the, what the, the reward would be. You're going to do the work I do in greater work? Yeah. Shall you do? But you got to first pick up your cross and follow me. And, and and they followed him because he wanted them to see how he dealt with the poor people, how he dealt with the sick people, the lepers, the blind folks, the folks who were using the law incorrectly to punish people. Remember, they brought the woman who had been caught in adultery, and they wanted to see, was he going to break the laws on the Sabbath and all of that? But look at how Jesus set that example. He already knew their hearts, where what was in their hearts, but he was hoping through his acts, his benevolent acts of love, honoring his father, that that would be enough to win some. And a lot of people remember now we, we went through the book of John was converted because of that. We went through 21 chapters of John to see how Jesus went about 
you know, carrying out that supreme act of love, which he came to, to bring the love of the Father to the people who was without love. You know, they, you know, y'all remember, it loved, they loved the law more than they loved God. And Jesus came to be the fulfillment of the law to show them how the law was supposed to work in a human life. Remember now, he was the son of man. And he wanted to show them with, by the love of the Father, with the aim and scope to please the Father, you can't walk in love even under the law. You don't have to violate the law when you're walking in love. Why? The law operates by love. That's why God gave it. Some people didn't have no idea how messed up they were until God gave Moses the law. They had been in bondage all them years, in slavery. Their minds were probably fried about anything, right? They, 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 their minds need to be renewed. They couldn't supply nothing to nobody, man, because the Lord wanted them to go out from Egypt, rule and slavery, man, to worship him. He wanted to fix certain things before they was required to love him. They didn't know how to love him, but that's the number one reason why he brought them out of slavery, so they could go worship God who loved them. By the time they got freed, man, they were I mean, hey, remember they kept crying to Moses? You know? Why, why, why? Where is God? We need God. God heard their cry. Remember the cry came up to him? He heard it. And because of his love for his people, he sent a deliverer. He sent Moses. And he told Moses not to go to the people yet. Go to Pharaoh. Pharaoh was the one with the hard heart. And tell him, Moses, let my people go. These ain't his people. These are my people. I love these people. He hates these people. But you go tell him, I said, let my people go. In other words, if Pharaoh would have did that, Pharaoh too probably could have got saved. But he hardened his heart, and Lord knew he was going to harden his heart. And he told Moses, every time you go, he's going to harden his heart a little bit more. But eventually, he's going to let my people go. And he did. And he regretted that he didn't because of what he suffered, his loss. See, when you don't accept the love of God on God's terms, there's a great loss to be suffered. But when you accept the Lord's love on his terms, there is a great bounty to be gained because those people came out of slavery. Number one, loaded down Pastor, with resources, gold. I mean, they came out loaded. Even some of the Egyptians got their stuff and cleared out their bank accounts that we going with y'all. What's mine is yours. And she said, a lot of people were converted when they saw that act. When they saw how God delivered his people, some of them Egyptians, man, fear Pharaoh. They said, uh-uh, we going to go and we getting out of here with y'all. See how the love of God brought some of those people out? The love of God would draw a strange people, man. It, it, it's so powerful. Remember the Lord said, by loving kindness, have I drawn thee? Yes. Those Egyptians didn't come out, man, because they were lucky. They came out because they were first eyewitnesses to the love of God for his people. Oh, it always puzzled me. Why did the Egyptians come out? They had it made. Pharaoh wasn't mad at them. He was mad at the Jews. But those people, man, tasted the love of God through the people of God. Yes. They saw those famines. They saw those things that God kept sending the heart in his heart. They saw that there was no power in them big old stone God. But they also saw at the same time the difference, the distinction between the love of God and the love of Pharaoh. But a lot of those people treated Pharaoh like he was a God. But none of those things had no life in it. Couldn't do nothing for those people. Couldn't make no kind of sacrifice. They worshiped them things. 
And when them people saw, man, that, that God was a true and a living God, they wanted to know that God. So they followed God's people right on out of Egypt, only to get out there in the desert, man, and act crazy. And the son of Korah, man, you know, got them in trouble for a minute. But God gave the law to show them, to teach them, you know, so that they would not make those mistakes again. And they made them over and over again, big murmuring, complaining, wish they were back. You know, the love of God done bought you out, bought you through the Red Sea, take you into the promised land. You made precious promises to you. But he also warned you, too, that if you don't hearken to the voice of the Lord today and do all I commanded you, these famines, these sickness, these diseases, they're going to come on you. And it happened. And everybody... in that generation 20 years and old to die walking around in a 10 mile circumference complaining bickering murmuring eating good quail for 30 days eating manna from heaven heaven food bickering murmuring complaining it, you know not not realizing that all this was done because God loved them didn't hate them he wasn't mad at them Pharaoh hated that and why in the world do you want to go back on the hate they wish they were back there. You read that because they wish they were back there around them flesh pots, eating them cucumbers and garlic and all that good stuff. But what about the love of God? We learned that uh, yesterday he talked about eating his body, the flesh. What about that? What about the, eating up what God has provided for you, that love, that spiritual food? So let's move on here as we prepare to close here. And it says, above all these things, you know, put on charity, which is in the body of perfectness. And then in the book of First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8 of the King James Bible, uh, that last verse is in the book of Colossians chapter 3, verse 14 of the King James Bible. So let's look at the book of First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8 of the King James Bible. It says, but let us, I love I love the we and the us approach to ministry. So many times we'll be saying y'all and you and, you know, whatnot. But I love this approach right here. I love how Paul addresses this. I love even in Jesus' writing. He always involved himself and involved everybody else. So when we speak in ministry, any of the promises of God, the warnings of God, it has an us and a we factor. Mm-hmm. We can't say it's universal in one instance and then teach and preach it to you and you and you and, and, and y'all. Mm-hmm. So if it's universal, we include it, y'all. And we sometimes don't realize it, but we have to be the first to take it. Don't come telling me something that you ain't done or you don't have any idea. Especially when it comes down to the gospel. Don't throw off on me. That's how I perceive it. When you start talking about, well, you need to do this, y'all need to do that. What about you? What are you doing? Remember now, it was Jesus' example that warned many of them. It was Paul's example. It was other prophets' example, but they were included. But don't exempt yourself. It says, First Thessalonians chapter five, verse eighteen. The Bible says this: "But let us, who are of the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet, the hope of salvation." So many times we will say, "Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm walking by faith and not by sight." Well, the here right here said, "Walk by faith and love, hoping." Okay, hoping that my faith and my love will be enough to bring salvation. That people will see it like a like a helmet on my hat. 
that I, that that you know that I have something to offer them that they probably have not had yet. That's why I say a lot of times it's not how our people, you know, what they do is what I do. That's that act that's going to determine whether they want to hear what I got to say. They're going to take time to listen or whatever. How I how I act. The Bible says, "Show yourself friendly." You know, and you, when we walk in love, it's easy to show yourself friendly when you walk in love. Don't drag all your personal problems out here so much you're going to witness to somebody. And then all they do for 20 minutes is listen to you bickering and murmuring and complaining like, like the children of Israel did. Set all that stuff aside. What the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, set aside every sin, every weight and sin that's so easy to be set to. You know, and they hold on something totally different. Be more affected that way, especially when we don't say, Lord, I give myself away to you. We don't have any right to be upset about nothing. Plus, I'm still breathing. I'm still moving. You know, God, if God is my help, I ain't got no reason to pick a murmur and complain about nothing. I got a roof over my head, clothes on my back, food on my feet, food to eat, you know, jobs, meet my financial obligation. You know, I'm alive, I'm breathing, I'm well, clothed in my right mind, active in my damn, more blessed than many. But that shouldn't be my focus. My focus shouldn't be how blessed, just limited to how blessed I am. Because I got faith in God. But what sacrifices am I, am I making for being so blessed where much is given? How much is required of me to give something back? So that what? The body can edify itself in love. That's the bond of perfecting. That shows that I've matured. I don't mind sharing. So here we go. Uh, so it says there, you know, uh, in the book of First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8, the King's name Bible, but let us who are of the day be sober. Put on the breastplate of faith and love and for an ailment, the hope of salvation. I like that. We who are of the day. What day? The day of salvation unto the Lord. Every day we should see that there's a possibility that somebody might get saved. Every day should be a day, Lord, that somebody cross my path that I can share the love of God. Every day ought to be a day that we looking to be able to make some type of little sacrifice or big, whatever the case might be. Why? I've given my life away to God. So it ain't any longer just what I want to do. It's what God want to do through me through us that's what's going to win people to christ because it's the christ in us remember paul said i'm not ashamed of the gospel it's no longer i but the christ that lives in me and so just a couple more scriptures here and we're going to bring it to a close matter of fact i got two more scriptures and we're going to end he says but thou old man of god flee these things i like that run away from them. they're not helping anything making matters worse and follow after Righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. See, every one of these verses that you heard me go over, it, it has the word love in it. See, so everything works off of love. Love is going to be a part of everything that was taught by Jesus, taught by the Father, taught by it was in the book. That's in the book of First Corinthians. I'm sorry, First uh, Timothy, chapter six, verse eleven of the King James Bible. Every verse that I've gone over, every verse, remember now, all the commandments of God hinge on love. They hang on love. They function off of love. They have to be, uh, 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 you know, um, applied by love through faith. Mm -hmm. 
you know. He says, but thou, O man of God. And that could be woman of God, too. That could be children of God, people of God. But it's specifically talking about somebody that's in God. Here it says man. And that's just a, 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 a term, a masculine term that's talking about anybody in God, humanity, mankind. You know, so don't just get gender specific. It, it, it's not saying that. It's saying any human being. And one more boy or girl because we're all descendants from Adam. And he and he says, Flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and me. It's just so clear. Love is always a part of everything that we do as a service unto God. Won't work no other way. Last verse for this morning's teaching is in the book of 1 John chapter 4, verse 16, King James Bible, and it says this, And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Just don't get any clearer than that. You can say what you want to say, but what are your actions saying? What are what you're doing saying? What is that saying? You show yourself friendly to people when you meet people that you never, that's not like you. And so we're going to end right there. So, Father, we thank you. We praise you this morning. We give you glory. We give you honor. Thank you for your word this morning. Thank you, Lord God, for not only that we have the love of God, but we have love for you, God. And we have love for your people. And we want that to be on display, Lord. Every verse of scripture that we've covered this morning, it has love in it, Lord God. It works and functions by love. And without love, Lord God, it's just empty words. It's just empty promises. It means nothing. It carries no weight, God. It helps no one. And so we thank and praise this morning, Lord God, that we are born of God, and therefore we can love. We thank you that we have your spirit, Lord God, that we can walk in the bond of perfectness, mature in our love, willing to make a sacrifice, Lord God, to prove that we love you and that we're loved by you, and that your love is in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. We thank you for walking in faith and love we thank you lord that we can put on our head the helmet of salvation we can put on the lord jesus christ that we may be able to stand in the wild against the wild of the adversary which come lord god to pull us away and cause us to doubt your love for us but father today we declare lord god that we will walk in love and we will trust you lord god to lead and guide us in the paths of love and righteousness and peace and joy in the holy ghost that we might be accepted of you and approved of men. So we thank you now, Father. And we give you praise, Lord, and honor. Let the truth of the Spirit be manifest in us today as we go forth. For it's in Jesus' name we pray this prayer to the God above. Amen. All right, then we're going to end.